Welcome into the A to Z Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hauselberg, joined by Alex Sutton, bringing you your fantasy football content from A to Z. Thanks for tuning in. What is up, everyone? Welcome back into the A to Z Fantasy Football Podcast. Alex, this is our 25th episode, dude. It's wild stuff, man. That's crazy. We've been doing this for six months now, uh, podcasting. The page has been active for a little longer than that, but that's pretty sweet. I feel like this is like the first milestone in in podcast, like for our podcast anyways. Um, I mean, obviously, we're still a relatively small show, but 25 episodes, we've had weekly listeners, and it's continued to grow all season, so... Um, shout out to the listeners, but also shout out to us, dude. We're doing this damn thing, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So I appreciate for two you. people uh, for two people who give up on stuff pretty easily. I'm proud of us, dude. This, that is no shit. Speaking of giving up on stuff, uh, I am in the middle of a bathroom remodel, and we're a little too far in to give up now because we're stripped all the way back to the studs. Uh, the bathtub is currently full of tile and drywall, so that's tomorrow's task. But today, uh. My fiance's mom, so my future mother-in-law and I, went just hamburgers on her bathroom. My uh, my fiance's bathroom. We're remodeling it for when I move in. Um, that way, I have a little bit more space and nicer stuff. So, you're gonna have his and her sinks. Double no, sinks. Not big enough for that. So unfortunately, uh, but we do have a half bath, which I might post up in if if necessary. But yeah, so thank you to everyone. Um, from the first episode to the 25th episode, I'm sure there's some new listeners that have hopped on along the way. So we really appreciate you. Um, if you could tell a friend about the pod, that'd be awesome. We'd like to keep growing. And now we're on track to, I mean, we're on the path to 100. So pretty dope. So we'll go ahead and transition now to news and notes, starting out with our weekly COVID update. The only major COVID news from this week, obviously without the country just slipping back into what seems to be I think it's just a continuation of the first wave. I don't think we've ever been out of like, this can't be the third wave, but um, it's officially like it's been in the NFL for a few weeks now. And we're seeing the Raiders defense, basically the whole unit was placed on COVID reserve and they're all considered a high risk. So um, that came on Wednesday, I believe Um, here's Thursday. I haven't seen any updates. I'm sure that, I mean, there's a protocol in place, so I'm not sure if these guys will be active for this weekend's game, but um, yeah, I mean, COVID's here. And this is just, I think, um, the, the weekly COVID updates are important to pay attention to. So it's not, I don't think uh, this week, a specific player on a team like um, that's going to tank you. So like Matt Stafford, for instance, being on the list last week or Ben Roethlisberger or something like that. There's not a big name, but there's a whole freaking unit for a team. So that could be pretty bad, especially since the Raiders play the Chiefs this weekend. What do you um, think they're doing wrong? Because like the earlier, like a few weeks ago, a month ago, they had the whole offensive line. Announce so, the whole defense. Are you talking the Raiders or the league? The Raiders. Okay. Specifically. Well, the Obviously Raiders. They, they can't stay home. Yeah. The Raiders have been one of the teams most heavily penalized throughout the season. Like they've lost a draft pick. Um, I think John Gruden's been fined on multiple occasions. The team has been reported to being, uh, has been caught breaking protocol. 
So, I mean, they're doing a lot wrong, but obviously I think they don't care. So that's unfortunate, but with numbers rising the way they are, they are, I don't think that this should be a surprise. So is what it is, but we'll go ahead and move on. Uh, Jameis Winston week is here, dude. Jameis Winston is projected to be the starter. There's allegedly a QB competition this week um, between him and Taysom Hill. They go up against Atlanta this weekend. Breeze will be out at least two weeks. He fractured like five ribs and then actually has a collapsed lung too, which sounds brutal. So he'll be out at least two weeks. Could be longer, especially since he is um, pretty decrepit at this point in his career. But um, do you think Taysom Hill has any shot at being the legit starter? Absolutely not. I'm right there with you, dude. Last week on Twitter, some guy, like I hopped into a conversation on a thread and uh, they were talking about, oh, Taysom Hill, can he be the starter? I'm like, dude, starting quarterbacks don't play special teams. And Hill continues to play special teams, line up as a wide receiver, um, gunner. He's uh, the up back on punts. So that's not a starting quarterback. That's like an all around gadget guy. But we will talk about Taysom Hill later for a pretty exciting reason. Um, next, Matt Stafford has a partial tear and a ligament in his thumb on his throwing hand. That's being evaluated. He might try to gut through it, but his play could be hindered by that since it is his throwing hand. So that's something to monitor and um, adjust all your lines accordingly. Joe Mixon is still nursing a foot injury. He's nursed this for quite a few weeks. Um, I've seen people dropping Mixon or contemplating dropping Mixon. So that's where we're at now with a, a first or like a back of the first top of the second round pick earlier this year. Uh, Kenny Galladay returned to practice. I should have put this with the Matt Stafford piece. That would have been ideal. Um, Galladay returned to practice and is expected to play versus the Panthers. So if Stafford can go, it'll be nice for him to have Galladay back. This one is puzzling. Devontae Adams, he did go down with an injury last week, but he returned to the game. But he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday for the Packers. So that's something to monitor heading into the weekend. This is a guy who doesn't need to practice, but the fact he's missed two days in a row um, not even he wasn't even limited he just didn't practice so something to keep an eye on for this Sunday um, on a positive note for the Packers though Alan Lazard has officially been activated from IR I think I jumped the gun on that last week so I'm sorry about that uh, and then another piece of news Josh Gordon tweeted earlier today and it seemed to imply that he was reinstated to the NFL for what feels like the 20th time um, any reactions to this you think he's still a Seahawk so what do you think of this news? Do you think he's actually going to be back in? Do you think he can stay in for longer than like six weeks this time? Um, part of me, I do. I want to say yes so bad because I think if he comes back, that receiving core in Seattle could be legit, dude. Unreal. Almost to the point how legit it could have been last year with him at the Patriots with Antonio Brown uh, and uh, that white guy. But yeah, <laughs> But I just don't know. I If he comes back, I don't know. You just don't know how good a shape he's going to be in, so you don't know if he's going to be game ready. So I feel like the first few weeks, he could be could be a real struggle for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a cool story. I'm glad he's getting another shot. But I do I, think I just, he stands a chance to stay in longer now that the, the NFL has kind of adapted their marijuana policy. Probably around Josh Gordon. So props to him. All right, I think that wraps up our news, unless you have anything that broke earlier today. I was, again, remodeling that bathroom all day, so I might have missed a few things. But, uh, yeah, anything else I missed, or do you want to move on now to a quick question we got? No, dude, let's move on. Let's do it. So we got a question 
I thought it was fun. So we're going to talk about it on the pod. If you had to hand out the MVP today, who would the award go to and why? So Al, you go ahead and get started on this because your answer, I mean, this is generally thought of as a quarterback award and the quarterback you picked, I am personally a fan of. So you go ahead. Yeah, we talked about this on Saturday. I told you that I was, I, it bothered me. I almost felt hypocritical, hypocritical picking this person, but it bothered me. It bothers me so much that the MVP is always given out to a quarterback. So, or like pause. the Heisman. Yeah. Let's talk about like, what do you think the MVP should mean? And me, you and I both agree on this. It's the most valuable player to that team. As in, if you take that player off of that team, that team sucks. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, and I feel like both of ours are like that, but, just the fact that I chose a quarterback after pitching about it earlier, I don't know. It bothered me a little bit. But I did go with Aaron Rodgers this for this award. Uh, I think he's playing on uh, an elite level this year. Uh, he has 213 completions on 314 attempts uh, with 60, 67.8% completion on the season. He's got a little over 2,500 yards and 26 touchdowns and three on only three interceptions on the season, which Rodgers is – known for throwing a minimal amount of interceptions on the season. Typically in games when they're talking about it, he'll throw like one or two. Of course. Uh, but he's on pace with those numbers. He's on pace to have a little over 3,700 yards, 40 touchdowns, five interceptions on the season. I mean, those are, those are big numbers. And honestly, like I kind of want to see him for the next few weeks, just light it up on touchdowns and honestly break Peyton Manning's record. Yeah, man, I would, I, that'd be dope. That'd be so dope. As a Packers fan, obviously, I would love to see A-Rod just obliterate any record he can get his hands on. Um, but this brings me back to the offseason when Jordan Love was drafted. They traded up to get him. They drafted, I think, at 26. David Bakhtiari, which, dude, shout out to David Bakhtiari. That dude got paid. He is the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. Um, dude, well-deserved um, salary by him. So he's one of the best blindside blockers in the game. And I think Rodgers' success this year is in large part due to Bakhtiari. So glad he's going to be a Packer probably for his whole career. Um, but anyways, Bakhtiari is being interviewed and he was like, Aaron is going to play MVP football this year. Like just because he's pissed. And Bakhtiari was like, you got to understand, like it's not just Aaron. Cause like Aaron gets shit on consistently by sports media just for being like an arrogant asshole. But every teammate outside of a couple generally have nothing but good things to say about the kind of leader he is in the locker room and Bakhtiari I mean that dude blocks for Aaron and Aaron really trusts him so I think their their bond is pretty tight but Bakhtiari is like you got to understand like if they drafted another offensive lineman I'd be pissed it's like yeah they drafted a quarterback he's going to be pissed and he's going to play pissed and we've talked about it where Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys where that's an intangible you can't really like put on paper and how that's going to affect someone but with Aaron Rodgers, you know that fire is going to like lead to this kind of season where he's playing out of his mind because he's got a point to prove that he's not done. So I love this call. Uh, I, I agree also that Aaron Rodgers is playing MVP football right now. So, yeah, I dig it, man. So I'll go ahead and give mine out. Um, it's Alvin Kamara. And I am a big Alvin Kamara fan. He's my favorite football player in the league. My, I'm a Packers fan, but I cannot ever like turn down an opportunity to watch Alvin Kamara play. So, and he's just doing historic things this year. So here's a rundown of his season to this point, 104 rushing attempts, 486 yards, 
four and a half or 4.7 yards per carry is the average there. And that's a low total, but that's not how Kamara kind of makes his money through um, in the NFL, I guess. So he scored seven touchdowns on the ground as well. So he's got a nose for the end zone, especially like in red zone situations. Um, so this is where Kamara really pops off the screen here. 80 targets, 67 receptions, 648 yards, averaging 9.7 yards a catch. And he scored four touchdowns through the air as well. So on the season, he's totaled 1,134 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's good in half PPR for the RB1 on the season. We're talking fantasy. And he's had four games with multiple touchdowns, including last week where he scored three. So Maurice Jones-Drew, who actually shares this sentiment with me, he writes for NFL.com and is on a few of their shows. Um, he wrote an article and I was reading that today and he had some awesome stats. So shout out um, to MJD. But he is on pace to become the first NFL player in history with 800 or more rushing yards and 1,100 or more receiving yards in a single season. So we think about what CMC did last year. He went a thousand thousand, but he didn't eclipse 1100 receiving yards. So, I mean, that's something Kamara is going to be potentially the first person ever to do. And then another impressive thing here is Kamara leads the league in yards after catch with 657 yards Second place is Terry McLaurin, who is an actual wide receiver, and he has 402. So that's pretty impressive. And I think what makes Kamara a legit MVP candidate is Michael Thomas, like was thought about for a long time as the Saints' best player, and he's missed the majority of the season. And you wouldn't even know it because the Saints are still 7-2, and two, and I think that's all due to Alvin Kamara and his play throughout that stretch without Michael Thomas. And even with Michael Thomas back now, Michael Thomas played last week and Kamara still found the end zone three times. So and I think he had like 83 receiving yards. So absolutely balling out. And if you took this guy off of this team, I don't think they'd be a playoff contender in my opinion with everything else going on around him. So I agree. I mean, if you, if he's not on this team, Michael Thomas misses all those games. That's a tough team to watch. Oh, 100%. So yeah, man. So those are our, Right now, um, I guess heading into week 11, MVP winners. So if you have any, if you agree or disagree, hop on Twitter, um, give us a follow, and then let us know who your, I guess, week 11 forward MVP candidates are. Um, at A to Z FFB and at Zach FFB is where you can find us there. So we're going to go ahead and move on now to the most exciting time in all of the A to Z fantasy football podcast. All right, this is our weekly awards brought to you by the one and only Psych. This is our inspiration for this segment, and it's been a lot of fun, so we hope you guys have been enjoying it. This past week was Tuesday the 17th, which, if you're a psycho like us, is an important date. So shout out for uh, celebrating Tuesday the 17th with us. So our first award is the Jackal Best Rushing or Best Run or Rushing Performance of the Weekend. Take it away, Alex. Mine goes to Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 126 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, that touchdown was a – no, excuse me. Could have been a second touchdown. Chubb that would have gone for 60 yards. Ran out at the one. Dude, Chubb was my start of the week at running back last week, and I said he'd be a top 12 running back. I think he finished like the RB9. He could have easily been like the RB4 if he would have ran that ball in, but he ran out oh, yeah. untouched at the one-yard line. But a hell of a game, 126 yards and 19 carries. He's back. He's healthy, so – uh, resumes his role as a weekly start in your lineups. Uh, my Jackal Award goes to Ronald Jones this week. He had a 98-yard touchdown run. 
which was super impressive. I think it's the longest touchdown run in Buccaneers history. And not only did he have that impressive run, he also had a really good game, 23 carries for 192 yards and a, that touchdown. So shout out to Rojo looking like the best back on the Bucks again. Next award is the Jazz Hands Award, best catch or receiving performance of the weekend. Alex, go ahead. This was a tricky one for me. I had two to, two to pick from. Uh, and is it the one I, we're going to talk about like immediately after this? Everyone knows it. What are you talking about? Nuke. No, no. Okay. No. So you, you this Nuke's catch was not in consideration for the Jazz Hands Award. No, because okay. I have it for the next one. I didn't want to. They want to double them up. Okay. So I had two two to pick from, though. And I like to pick ones that are a little bit more off the cuff, people who don't get recognized for this certain area. And so for my Jazz Hands Award, I, I gave it – I ended up giving it to Josh Allen for his 12-yard touchdown catch and even juked a guy to score the touchdown. Yeah. It's a pretty impressive play by a quarterback. I like if it. If we're being honest. Yeah, I don't mind I, that at all. I want to give an honorable mention, though, to Willie Sneed former Ball State Cardinal like ourselves for putting up a top five wide receiver performance, um, five receptions on seven targets for 64 yards and two touchdowns. Met a boy, dude. Chirp, chirp. Um, my Jazz Hands Award this week goes to Adam Thielen. I wanted to give as many awards as I could to DeAndre Hopkins, but like you, I want to spread the wealth a little bit. So I went to Adam Thielen, and if you saw this catch, it was super, super cool. It was a one-handed grab. It was a great throw by Kirk Cousins. Uh, the defender was blanketed on Thielen, like great coverage, but Thielen just stuck his arm out. The ball, he brought it in, but it was kind of like not secure. So you could see in slow-mo, Thielen like flipped the ball to tuck it into his elbow so it was a better as he could, so he could control it on his way down to the ground. Super heads-up play by Thielen. And like that, I think the flip there really helped him secure that catch. So that was awesome to see. The catch was impressive, but it was also a very savvy play by Adam Thielen. So that's why he gets my Jazz Hands Awards this week. Uh, next is our trending on Twitter award. This goes to a play or player or team that broke the internet. And this is where we get chalky. Uh, we both have the Kyler Murray, the Hale Murray, Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins right at the end of the game. I mean... <laughs> Murray's scrambling. Play, it was insane. Like speechless. He's scrambling out to his left and just uncorks a bomb, 60 yards. And then Hopkins goes up and mosses three guys who are in perfect position to make this play. And DeAndre Hopkins is just better than all of them. So what were what were your thoughts on the play? Because I watch it, like I still watch it now because it's obviously still trending on Twitter. And I'm just like, geez, dude, he's so good. I mean, it was wild dude, for Kyler Murray to roll out of the pocket like that and scramble and still make a pass like that that goes that far and still gets caught while DeAndre Hopkins has three defenders around him. Dude, do you remember Is when you, Kyler Murray's he, arm strength was in question when he was coming out of college? Everyone's like, oh, I don't know. He's kind of small. Doesn't have the biggest arm. So not, wild. There's not very many quarterbacks in the NFL that can make that throw. No, I mean, Lamar Jackson could never make that throw. No. So, I mean, Lamar Jackson also doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, which sucks to suck. But, yeah, I mean, that <laughs> it broke the internet, and it's still – the internet remains broken thanks to this play. Uh, we'll move on now. Next is our Girton Buster. This is a player who busted on the week, and I'll start with this one because this one's near and dear to me and you as a Colts fan. Mine is Jonathan Taylor. I mean, good freaking grief. 
So this is a guy I hyped to high hell, or I guess high heaven, and I ended up in fucking high hell. Um, seven carries, 12 yards, two catches, 25 yards. So he's still involved in the receiving game. But G- seven carries for a guy they drafted in the second round. This is a guy who had three consecutive 2,000-yard scrimmage seasons at Wisconsin. And here we're watching Jacoby Brissett vulture a goal line touchdown from Jonathan Taylor. Naheem Hines scored twice. JT, I, I just don't know what's going on, but he has been an absolute bust in redraft. I'm not ready to call him a bust in dynasty because if we're going to call JT a bust, we have to look at other players um, that also haven't really performed. And it could just be the rookie jitters. I don't know, but JT is also missing holes. Like his vision is not there right now. He's running like Trent Richardson. He's just a lot bigger and faster, but JT this year is just not panned out. Um, this matchup right now, um, he's heading into, I guess, week 11 versus the Packers. The Packers are one of the worst ranked defenses in the league versus running backs. This is going to be telling of whether or not JT can actually provide any sort of fancy value. I, I'm not dropping JT, but I'm also not starting him in this extremely juicy matchup because I think a Colts running back is going to go off. I just can't commit to that being JT. So he gets my Gert and Buster for an all-time shitty performance out of him. It pains me to agree, but... Yeah, I mean, this it's been tough to watch. No, you have. Darryl. I'm not. <laughs> what? Oh, whatever. <laughs> right, I'm not ready to give team. up on Taylor yet, though, dude. No, that's why I I'm mentioned not, like not. dynasty. I can't call him a bust yet because we know the talent is there. And it's like this dude's a rookie, and we. I think we're in the midst of the season, but you and I talked a lot about off season, the uh, the importance of continuity, the importance of getting a full training camp in, and none of these rookies had a full camp, you know, a normal camp. But we we see like James Robinson was an undrafted free agent and he's absolutely balling out. He's the RB4 on the year. Yeah. So there's players getting it done. And just because those guys are getting it done, that doesn't mean they're better or worse than Jonathan Taylor. Um, it just could be a learning curve that Taylor needs to kind of adapt to. And I'm not ready to call him a bust in Dynasty yet, but I'm very disappointed. So Moving on to my Girton Buster is Darnell Mooney. The guy had two receptions for three yards. They, they I mean, they weren't tar- targeting Robinson in the red zone. His agent made that very clear on Twitter. Uh, and they uh, just, I guess, apparently overall weren't targeting Mooney anywhere on the field. It, I mean, it was just terrible to watch. Agree. Yeah, Mooney was a guy that got a lot of buzz in that matchup too, just because he's been running really, really good routes and – Foles has just been missing him, but oh well, he busted last week. Go ahead and move on. The Gee Butter Snaps, aka the Heater. This is a player who blew up, who was sizzling hot last week. Um, my award, I think both of our awards actually, are going to Deontay Johnson. This is my guy. If I had to pick a single my guy, it's Deontay. I bought a signed jersey this offseason, and I'm so excited because it's going to be worth millions one day, and I will refuse to sell it because I am that good of a fan. Do you got to frame those and hang them up? I know they're in my closet. I have a Camara and a Deontay jersey. Those are my two dudes. So, and uh, yeah, I have two Zadarius Smith jerseys too. So, but they're not signed. I want to get a signed one one day. But Deontay last week versus the Bengals had 11 targets, six receptions, and 116 yards and added a touchdown. This was Deontay's first career 100 yard game, which for a guy that I hyped as much as I did this offseason, you would have expected him to have more statistical accolades. But for this being his first 100-yard game, um, I was kind of shocked by that, to be honest. But 
I mean, the dude just showed you exactly what he can do. And the most impressive thing, and also a little bit discouraging, he did this all in the first half. He didn't have a single catch in the second half. So obviously the defense made some adjustments to kind of take him out of the game plan because Claypool came on strong in the second half. But Deontay Johnson is electric with the ball in his hands. He's very dangerous. And I think the most encouraging thing from the Steelers I've seen is they took him off punt return. So the last time or one of the times he was injured, that's like he's been injured, but they've all been fluky in my opinion. But he got rocked returning a punt. And I'm like, dude, get him off the freaking punt team. Like, why do Shiver once don't return punts? It's that simple. Antonio Brown did. And then he kicked a dude in the face. Classic. Was classic. Yeah, well, it's classic. <laughs> all right. Anything else to add about Deontay or should we move on to our, our showbiz awards? Let's move on, dude. All right, dude. Our Gus TT Showbiz, the Extra T is for Extra Talent Award. This is a weekly best. This can go to offense or defense. Um, Al, you go ahead and get started here. You have a full squad. Yeah, dude. I'm giving it to a full team. Homer. Haters haters are going to hate, say it's a homer, but uh, that, that Colts-Titans game, dude, going into halftime, it was 17-17. Colts ended up winning that game 34-17. Titans didn't score in the second half. I don't know if it's if, if it was – obviously it was defense holding them scoreless, but the offense actually kind of put something together and was able to do something. Naheem, Sines, Naheem Hines scored twice to the point where now I'm starting him on uh, a fantasy roster of mine and hoping for big things. But, I mean, just overall, it's impressive for the Colts. Yeah, dude. It was a good win. That was a really good win. Divisional win. So it was a much you, needed one to put them in first. Yeah, you picked the Colts to win the division. I picked the Titans. So this definitely has some implications for playoffs down the road. Um, my Gus TT showbiz is going to Tua Tunga Vailoa. Nailed it that time. Uh, Tua is advanced to three and as a starter. The Dolphins are six and three, like which is wild because the Dolphins are actually good. And in my weekly roundup article. I had a segment called like the Dolphins are going to ruin someone's year. I genuinely believe that. So Dolphins right now are one game out of first place in the AFC East. I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs and I would not want to play the Dolphins in the playoffs. Their defense is astoundingly good. They're getting takeaways. They're scoring on defense and Tua is balling out. He's been accurate. He's been mobile. He's been manipulating safeties with his eyes. He's looking them off to open up his wide receivers. He looks like his Alabama self. He looks like he's playing against college defenses and one of the reason I'm giving him this award is last week he was interviewed and he said, quote, I expected it to be a lot harder. Not that it's not hard. So that's what she said. Um, oh. <laughs> but I mean, that was a funny quote. And obviously, like, two is an extremely humble guy. So that quote was taken out of context, like massively. He later clarified and said, like, he just is farther along than he thought he would be physically. You remember he shattered his hip last year, majorly injured himself. So there's questions about, will he even play at all this year? Dude comes in and wins his first three starts. So he's getting my showbiz award. And I think the future is really bright for the Dolphins. So It's interesting, though, what you said about him looking like his old Alabama self. I think this week he said that he will never be old Tua. Man, I missed that. But he looks like old Tua, and I will... I'll take that every day of the week, especially since I just drafted him in a uh, dynasty startup. It's easy yeah, days. I mean, I think it's looking up. That first week, he looked a little tough. He didn't win that game for the for the Dolphins. No, no, he had 93 yards. But each week, he improved. Yeah, he has been. And this week, I expect the same. So I'm excited to watch Tua continue to develop. And that team is putting him in really, putting Tua in really good spots to win. 
Our last award is the Magic Head Award. This is the best moment of the week. This can go to an upset, a comeback story, um, or a Hail Mary. And I'm giving my Magic Head Award to Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins again. Um, we already talked about it, but it was just too good. Like we don't see these kind of plays very often. So this is a moment I think that we're going to see at the SPs. We're going to see um, this moment, this play talked about for a long time. So mine's going to Alex Smith for making his first start in about a year and a half. Um, unfortunate. He, he swiftly lost to Matt Prater in a 59 yard game winner. Dude, Prater but, booted the shit out of the ball. Shout out to kickers. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I mean, it was it was very exciting for him to get his first start. I didn't watch the game, but just to overcome that kind of injury and want to keep living your childhood dream, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, man, Alex Smith, I think was like the highest graded, not graded, but um, he had 390 yards on the week. He was he had the highest uh, passing yardage total in week 11. So shout out to Alex Smith. Like you said, super cool story. He still got it. Yeah. I mean, I mean he still got it. He's just on a terrible team. Yeah. I mean, they have Terry McLaurin and uh, Antonio Gibson. So there's a couple of good weapons there, but it's not the best. So yeah, but shout out to Alex Smith. This is his second magic head award of the year. So congrats, man. But next we're going to go game breakdowns. We're going to rename this segment track me in garbage time. Um, we're going to pick one game that qualifies to us as a track me and one that it could be a garbage time game and garbage time. We're going to have dual meanings here. Um, it could be a trap game of like, Oh shit. Like we didn't think that was going to happen or a sneaky good matchup for a not so good NFL team where that team could lose the game, but there could still be fantasy value to be had by the losing team in that game. So we'll go ahead and get started here with our track meets. Al, you go ahead and roll out your track meet first. Dude, mine's going to the Colts-Packers game. Uh, I think it's going to be another offensive showing. The Packers, obviously, you kind of have to favor the top three, Rodgers, Jones, Adams. Um, however, the Colts' defense, which I don't like to admit it, does lack on occasion, which I think could give MBS another big game. I mean, I said it last week. He had the opportunity, and he did. I mean, he had a huge game last week. Um, so... The only downfall to MBS is he's very – he's either deep threat, touchdown, or bust. You know, I mean, there's no in-between. The guy dropped passes left and right, so you can't count on over-the-middle 10-yard bombers to, for for MBS to rack up points because it's just not going to happen. Uh, the Colts' offensive struggles at time, especially through the air, can be a little bit discouraging, but I do like – I do like the matchup against the Packers. Rivers will probably have an average game. Um, look for Hines and Taylor, hopefully, to have a big game. Uh, I think if he's going to do it this season, it's going to be against the Packers. The rest, I think the rest of their schedules against decent, decent run games. Um, and then hopefully Pittman has another big game. Look for T.Y. to get his first score as well. Like the calls, dude. What, what was your reaction to Michael Pittman's breakout game? He had a 101 yards, I think. He looked good. I thought he looked really good. Dude, I was excited. For a guy who's kind of had uh, an up-and-down year with the compartment syndrome, and I, that's one thing that pissed me off during that game is that the announcers got all on their fucking high horse like they usually do, and they're like, oh, he struggled with injury. You know, you can't have that. It's like he had compartment syndrome, man. It's not like he was out there running around and twisted his ankle. 
Yeah. I agree. You know, I mean, that's, like, he could have lost his leg. So Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he was yeah, I, I don't know. Dude. The announcers piss me off sometimes. Not your jargon. Yeah. So I mean it was awesome to see though with uh with Pittman finally having a big game and kind of showing what he what he can do and what hopefully the future holds. Yeah, man, I agree. He looked awesome. And hopefully they can get like a non-geriatric quarterback in there to keep feeding him the ball. My track meet this week is the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, New Orleans is favored by five in this game. And I'm honestly just so stoked to see Jameis Winston back under center. Um, I'm anticipating him being the starter. We talked about Taysom Hill not being a legit like franchise guy. He just does too many other things for the team. I think if they committed to Taysom Hill being a quarterback and only a quarterback, could be interesting but the fact that he's still out there blocking punts he's still out there blocking four punts he's still out there as a wide receiver he only takes like a few snaps from quarterback a game I just don't see quarterback Taysom Hill as much as I see like gadget guy Taysom Hill so I'm excited to watch this game specifically for Jameis I think this could be a three-hour endorsement for LASIK surgery Jameis had LASIK over the offseason. It was a hilarious running joke for a while. Now we get to see if it worked. Um, Atlanta's defense is also ranked dead last versus a co- opposing quarterback. So you're asking a guy to come in here with a lot to prove, and he gets his first matchup is against one of the worst defenses in the league versus his position. So I think the reason I picked this as my track meet is because the Saints have also been beaten through the air in 2020. So now bring in Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. So they're going to have their hands full with these guys. Um, The main pieces I like from this game for the Saints specifically is Alvin Kamara. Obviously talked about him at the top of the show as an MVP candidate for me. Michael Thomas, I think we're seeing him get back in NFL game shape coming off of his high ankle sprain. Um, Jameis Winston, I'm going to talk about him later. And then Jared Cook is a name I think has some sneaky upside. Um, Winston has always loved his tight ends. Look at his relationship with Cameron Bray in Tampa Bay. Great was always pretty productive. And then on the Atlanta side of the ball, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, um, Todd Gurley, and Hayden Hurst, because the Saints have been one of the worst teams in the league versus tight ends. That's not really saying much, but Hurst is an athletic tight end that Matt Ryan has continued to look at all season, despite a lackluster fantasy year. Um, I mean, I still feel okay rolling Hurst out, and I'm about to pull up the uh, tight end rankings on the year. Hurst is the tight end nine on the year, so... I think it more or less just shows you how disappointing tight end has been um, as a whole, because I had Hurst as like my tight end six and I'm not really that far off. He's got half PPR. He's got 77.6 points and the tight end six is George Kittle. Who's been injured, but he's got 79. So Hurst is just a few spots out of where I projected them to land. Um, I thought he'd have a lot more points, but that's neither here nor there. Um, a deeper player for each team. I like Marquez Callaway for the saints. Traquan Smith got a concussion last week and he's not expected to play that could change in the coming days, but right now he's doubtful. So Marquez Calloway has flashed before he had a game earlier this year with 10 targets. And then uh, Russell Gage from the Falcons, Olamide Zacchaeus, I think is how you say his name. I thought about looking at him, but he's been too inconsistent. Russell Gage has been targeted in every single game this year. So I like Gage over Zacchaeus in this matchup. Um, I think Zacchaeus is like just getting too cute. So I would go back to the well with Gage. And I think this is a matchup where Gage can excel. So let's go ahead and move on to garbage time now. Al, you start with your garbage time game. And mine's, mine's Chargers versus the Jets. I mean, I just think that's going to be a trashy game. The, jar- the Chargers are going to absolutely 
demolish the Jets. I think the only person from the Jets that I'm even considering playing is Jamison Crowder. Uh, other than that, you should probably bench everybody from the Jets. Uh, Chargers-wise, I mean, I, I think Kalen Blage is set up to have a good game versus that that shitty defense. And then, obviously... Gosh, that's so 2020, dude. Kalen Blage. Not to have a good yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, obviously, Keenan Allen and uh, Justin Herbert have big games, too. Dude, what do you think maybe, of Herbert's haircut? Hunter Henry. I honestly haven't seen it yet. Oh, my it. gosh, dude. Look it up right now. And then I'll ask you this question in a minute. To have Justin Herbert haircut... You're gonna you're gonna love it, dude. I had some fire tweets. I don't like to like pat myself on the back, but this is more of like I also don't like complaining. I genuinely believe I'm disrespected on this website that we know as Twitter. I just throw up some freaking heat, dude. Heat that's a tough look. I throw up heat. I would have kept the locks, man. That's a tough look. Yeah, that dude, is here's some here's some of my best work. All right. I said. This looks like a kid about to ask one of the upperclassmen for a ride home after practice. Boom, roasted. <laughs> when your mom gives you a haircut. Boom, roasted. Justin Herbert. I want the eighth grade. I paid for this with my allowance haircut. Barber. Say no more, fam. Boom, roasted. Sports clips are great clips. Boom, roasted. Then the last one. This is a little bit of sentimental. I don't blame Justin Herbert for this, nor do I feel bad for him. It's comedy, but this dude can throw a football over literal mountains. I cannot. So I'll take my two on the side, scissor cut on the top fade, back to my day job and shut the fuck up now. Offensive rookie of the year. Not bad. So shout out to Justin Herbert. Give me a follow on Twitter for more fire content just like that, at ZachFFB. Hit us up on our uh, admin page, at AZFFB. We're sharing tons of great content, not only from ourselves, but from other people there. So um, for all sorts of great fantasy content at A to Z FFB is what you want to follow for dry humor and some occasional good takes at Zach FFB is where you want to land. Anyways, I will get back to my garbage time game. And this one I actually think is going to be a good game. Um, we have to take into consideration the COVID news I talked about, but my garbage time game is the chiefs and the Raiders. And I think the Raiders are going to be the ones in garbage time. If we look back earlier at the season, you're like, oh, who did the Chiefs lose to? It was the Raiders. And this game was kind of a track meet. So earlier this year, I wouldn't have picked this as a track meet. But the final score was 40-32. to 32. The Raiders won. Uh, Derek Carr had one of his two 300-yard games. This was his best game of the year, 347 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Um, I mean, the Raiders' offense is back in action. I think they're getting Brian Edwards back in the flow of things. Um, Nelson Aguilar has been surprisingly good, which shout out to you. You said in like week one, Nelson Aguilar's got to keep your eye on. Don't and lie about these things. I do not lie. Completely blew that off. But Alex Sutton said Nelson Aguilar's name in a serious context in like week one of the season. And he was right. Um, Hunter Renfro is uh, continuing to be involved. Darren Waller's been amazing all year. So, and this is one of the few games this year that Josh Jacobs has really balled out. So he had 77 yards and two touchdowns on 23 attempts. Um, still underwhelming production through the air, but that could change. And I mean, Jacobs has the chops each week to be involved as a pass catcher. So, I mean, you just got to keep rolling them out there, but this is a game I'd feel comfortable starting in um, Josh Jacobs, just because of his ability to, um, I mean, just power through people. He's a great running back. I just wish they'd use him and like maximize his skill set more. But I do think the Raiders are going to be behind in this game. 
but I think there's a lot of value in the garbage time of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, looking back at this other matchup, this is Henry Ruggs's like kind of coming out party two for 118 and one. He had a huge play, two of them actually. Um, so yeah, I mean, look for Ruggs to continue getting more involved. And yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of intrigued by the game. I know the Chiefs are going to be motivated to put a, a hurting on the only team that beat them this year, especially a divisional opponent. So um, yeah, I mean. This game, I'm excited to watch if I'm able to. I don't have any of the fancy shit to watch games. So if it's in market, I'll watch it. If it's not, I'll just watch it later in the week. But um, I think my starts here in the game specifically, uh, Kansas City, you start your main guys, your Mahomes is. I think CEH and Le'Veon Bell, um, CEH is still the one there. Lev Bell is kind of a, a flex play. And then Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, those are your, your bread and butter there. Um, a deeper play is McCall Hardman is like single play ability to win you a week or get you like a, a 15 to 20 point play. It's always there for Hardman. He's been involved in the past few weeks. Um, he's even found the end zone a few times. And for Vegas, you're looking at Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs, and some deeper plays, Nelson Aguilar and Brian Edwards. I think if he can continue to get back in the fold, um, he'll be a, a good productive receiver. I'm still not out on Brian Edwards. I think he's going to be a good player. I think he could be a good player this year. So um yeah, we'll go ahead and move on now to our starts of the week. Um, we're bailing on sits of the week just because I'm tired of writing about them in my article, which drops every Tuesday. Um, keep an eye on that, but it's just like another reason to dunk on myself. I'd rather just dunk on myself four times today, eight times, essentially. So we're only going to go over starts of the week. If you have any questions about questionable matchups or um, guys you're just not sure on, hit us up on Twitter. DMs are open. If you don't feel comfortable like tweeting out to the, the universe, we will be happy to respond to your DMs. Um, if you do not care about everyone seeing tweets, just give us a, a, a tweet at us. So, Al, you go ahead and start with your quarterback. We'll go position by position here. Yeah, mine's Big Ben. I think you're slowly seeing the Steelers kind of move away from their run game. Big Ben's got three great options to throw the ball to for occasionally if Eric Ebron decides to get his head out of his ass. Uh, and they played Jacksonville this week, which I think is a great matchup for Ben, his wide receiver. So look for Big Ben to have a great game. Love the call, man. I targeted Jacksonville's defense last week with Aaron Rodgers, and that was a good call. You ended up as quarterback one. I'm going back to the well with Jameis Winston. I'm seriously hyped. I actually genuinely like Jameis as a person. Um, I think what he did and going to New Orleans was extremely mature. Um, it was very humbling of him, or I guess he humbled himself to go sit for a year behind one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And Sean Payton is about to show us all how smart he is, and Jameis is determined to show us that Tampa Bay made a huge mistake in moving on from him. Um, Atlanta is allowing – You don't think they did? No. Dude, I think Jameis Winston could be the future of the Saints. And if he gets to beat the shit out of the Bucks twice a year, I'm here for it. So the only thing I don't, and I'm not saying that because I think Jameis Winston's a bad quarterback. I do think that the, the 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, not a great look. But I don't think that he fit in Bruce Arians' scheme. And I think that the Bucks would probably take Bruce Arians over Jameis Winston. Obviously they did, but yeah. I mean, that kind of did play out. So I could see that. Um, but I think Jameis is a good player. I think the NFL fantasy real life kind of have Jameis fatigue because he's only 26 years old. Like he came in the league, like 20, 21 years old and started and like, he actually had a good rookie year. And then I wrote an article, like he's got a big ago. arm, huge arm, dude. 
He threw for 5,000 yards this year. It's like eight quarterbacks in NFL history have thrown for 5,000 yards. He's one of them. He also threw for 30 picks. So no one talks about the fact that he threw for 5,000 yards. Like that's super impressive. Um, yeah, but like he's going up against one of the worst defenses in the league versus quarterbacks. And I talked about it earlier. I think Michael Thomas is going to be back in the swing of things. Marquez Callaway is actually a talented, he's a UDFA, but he's demanded 10 targets from Drew Brees. So Jameis is a guy who'll spread the ball around. Um, Jared Cook's a play I like. And then Alvin Kamara, obviously, you start every week. But I think Jameis is going to look awesome this week. I really, really hope so. This is more of like a willing it into existence type thing, um, just for one of my personal favorite players. So what do you think of Jameis Winston's workout routines? Have you ever seen what do you them? Mean? No. Like, oh, dude, they're pretty funny. But also the dude like works his freaking ass off. So as weird and obnoxious as his routines look, you can't knock the dude for like not giving effort. Like he just does some really unorthodox stuff. It's pretty funny. But go ahead and roll into your running back now. Yeah, my running back goes to start of the week goes to Mike Davis with another week of CMC out. Um, whether Teddy Bridgewater does play or not, he's doubtful. I think he, yeah, I think he has a big week as you know, uh, a rusher and a pass catcher in an offense that dinks and dunks. I think he's going to have a big week against uh, either a defense that's either average or bad just depends on the game the worst in the league versus running backs and then if he is used as a pass catcher they're not stellar there either Um, i think they're better ranked versus wide receivers because of how bad they are versus run teams just don't need to throw on them they'll just choose to run so i like this mike mike davis is one of those guys that's i mean he's been a backup pretty much his entire career but i mean he's good at it He's good at it. So when he's called upon, he definitely delivers. Yeah, dude. I like it. Especially with Bridgewater being down. Like if he doesn't play, they're gonna need some some easy, easy options for PJ Walker, I think, is to back up the uh the XFL all star dude. Andrew Luck personal referral, you know? Shout out to PJ Walker. Former Colt PJ Walker. Shout out to PJ Walker. Um, my running back start of the week is gonna be Miles Sanders versus Cleveland. Um, a couple of weeks ago I tweeted out I know it's not true, but it feels like Miles Sanders has only played like two games this year. It's been weird. He's been hurt. He didn't start the season. He got hurt during the season. They had a bye week. It just doesn't feel like we've seen a lot of Miles Sanders. But I went back and looked at his his play, his stats. He's only had one or no, he's every game this year averaged at least 76 yards from scrimmage, which isn't superb. But if that's your floor, that's pretty dang good. I'll take 76 yards. And then a guy with his big playability to find the end zone, like if he gets 76 yards and a touchdown, I'm happy. Um, so when healthy, Sanders is on the field 70 plus percent of offensive snaps. Like every game when he's finished the game, he's been on the field the majority of the time. And he's averaging 15.5 points per game. So right now with the missed time, with some of the kind of lower performances, he's had some huge performances that kind of boost this. Um, he ranks as the RB23. But he's the RB23 factoring in the games he's missed. So if you apply average, or Sanders' average points per game to a 10-game sample size, which is what a fully healthy running back would play, he'd rank as the RB4 on the year, scoring 15.5 points per game. So contextualizing this, James Robinson is averaging 17.5 points per game right now, and he is the RB4 on the year, and he has played every game. So Sanders is an absolute stud when healthy, and Cleveland is a beatable defense for running backs, especially a guy with a dual threat um, skill set like Sanders has. 
So that's my running back start of the week. I think this is a good matchup, and I will play Sanders happily. I'm actually speaking of James Robinson. He plays Pittsburgh this week, and I am not touching that shit. So that's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. So go ahead and hit your wide receiver. We got two more positions here, and then we got some questions. The I've been dissing on this guy multiple times over the season, but I'm finally giving him some light. Brandon Cooks versus New England. Revenge guy, game. What? Revenge game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, going up against his old team that one of the three had yeah, deuced on him after one season, one, one thousand yard season. season. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. A thousand yards though. So, um, but one thing I like about Brandon Cooks, and this is kind of flown under the radar, but he has eight targets in each of the last five games. Uh, he's obviously being targeted by Deshaun Watson. Last week, I think was probably very weather dependent. Why he didn't really show up? So, I think this will be a good game. Especially for Brandon Cooks, but I think overall it'll be a good game. Yeah, I like this call. And I think Brandon Cooks got shit on pretty hard early in the season for not like being an immediate contributor to his fourth NFL team. So, I mean, you can't knock Cooks for that. I mean, he's in a new system and we talked about COVID affecting offseason programs. Like it's not Cooks' fault. He couldn't step into week one and be an eight target per week kind of guy. So this is a good call, especially for a former team. Um yeah, so my wide receiver start of the week is my dude Deontay Johnson versus Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville is a pretty beatable matchup for wide receivers. And Deontay's coming off a wide receiver five overall finish in week 10. So in six games this year, he's had – or six games with a 75% or more snap share of offensive snaps. Five of the games, Deontay, Johnson's has had, Deontay Johnson has had 10 or more targets – so he's a target hog when he plays and he plays when he's healthy. He's been knocked out of a few games. He's missed a couple games, but when he's on the field, he stays on the field and big Ben looks his way often. So double digit targets in five games this year. Um, we have Jacksonville allowing the eighth most points to opposing wide receivers. And Deontay, I think is just like, he's a different kind of problem than some of these big bodies. Like Chase Claypool doesn't have the side to side agility. Deontay has, I watched a play last week. Um, versus the Bengals where Deontay like he made it look like a defender wasn't even trying to tackle him but you knew the defender was he just juked him and the guy just like fell away from him so he's super shifty he's used all over the route tree I love that he can line up out wide and win and you can also put him in the slot he's always in motion I'm always running really hard routes so I think this is just another week where Deontay is going to showcase that he is the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh Um, yeah last position tight end take it away Al Al Rudolph, man, simply because the Dallas defense is terrible. So this is a defense that is friendly to target. Kyle Rudolph is a gutsy call. Um, I think, man, we should have talked about Justin Jefferson. I should have talked about Justin Jefferson as the start of the week here over Deontay. Deontay, I just have blinders for. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Vikings should have a really nice day all across the board on their offense. Um, my tight end is Taysom Hill, and this is only for ESPN leagues. I'm being a little picky here. So if you play any Yahoo or Sleeper um, or any other format of league or whatever, um, I'm sorry, this only pertains to ESPN leagues, but Taysom Hill has earned tight end eligibility. And I think it's likely that Hill remains in his role as the Swiss Army knife. Um, but with Breeze out of the picture, we see Hill already taking snaps from quarterback. He'll run the ball. He'll throw the ball. I think we could see him throw more. I think we could just see him on the field more. So I like Hill, especially as a tight end, as shitty as the position is. I think last week there was like four players that scored double-digit points. The tight end one had like 12 points. So 
uh, Taysom Hill, if he finds the end zone, he could end up as like a quote unquote tight end one on the week. And I'll take the upside here, especially from a guy who can also throw and catch and run. So yeah, Taysom Hill, if you're in ESPN leagues only. Next, we'll go ahead and wrap the show up with a few listener questions. Al, these are from our buddy, Neil. So shout out to Neil. And you are more familiar with the questions, so you read them. And we'll just kick this conversation off. Question number one. Top three fast food restaurants. Name them. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Number three, Chick-fil-A. Number two, Wendy's. Number one mcdonald's okay mcd's dude i support that to give you a little bit more more time to think about this okay and not a lot of people know if you do look at my twitter though when i was in grad school had a little bit more time on my hands this your experiment uh, yeah i did a little bit of an investigative journalism i hit five five not all in one day it was over time i think it was about a month i hit five fast food restaurants for the and i graded their breakfast menu the only criteria was they had i had to be a fast food restaurant and they had to have a breakfast burrito on the menu so i got a meal and then a breakfast burrito and i would sample them all i don't remember what the results were but if you want to look at them go look at my twitter uh the alex sutton on twitter but man that got some heat on the twitter Dude, this was a legendary experiment a, i remember you telling me about this no so one funny. i mean no one no one was like hey somebody should do it and i was like you know what I i'm need gonna to. be your guy i was you know i'm gonna do it that's the kind of guy need, you are man that's why people deserve to know that's why i appreciate you so much you just think about what people don't even know they need and you do it yeah it's amazing i'm yeah. not here for the people i love that uh, thank you for buying time for me. That was a hilarious experiment. I appreciate that. Um, to uh, to back that up though, McDonald's was number one on the breakfast menu. Back I think by... like last place was Burger King, second place was Chick Fil A, third place was Arby's, and then fourth place Wendy's. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dude, so I'm glad you brought up Arby's because they're in my top three. Um, Arby's is just kind of expensive. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll go Arby's good. as my three because I do think they're a little pricey. You got it. Yeah, that's like we go on a date, you know. I'm just yeah. kidding. Casey, if yeah. you're listening, I'm just kidding. No. Um, but I have been to Arby's like three times in the past two weeks and I have no regrets. Oh, I know a guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, shit. You know what I'm talking that. about? Uh, no. Well, we'll talk about it later. But okay, please. Um, so I'll go Arby's at my three. Their smokehouse brisket is bomb. Two, I'll go mcdonald's because mcflurries i think are they hold a special place in my heart that fucking yeah, ice, cream, ice machine, cream machine works exactly when that shit works um i love me a good mcflurry i also think their their fries are good and like sometimes a mcdouble is just the best thing i can eat i don't know oh i can't God, explain dude. it i know it's, it's hard to like, go wrong with the mcdonald's I menu i love it and then for one, I'll go Chick-fil-A. Um, I saw someone on Twitter earlier this week say Chick-fil-A is like the most overrated fast food chain. I just want to like, I just flip the camera yourself. off for the listeners. Um, I mean, I respect that person's opinion. I think everyone, like whatever is entitled to their own opinion. That's cool. But Chick-fil-A's milkshakes are next level. And I know I'm tying a lot of things back to ice cream. Like that's one of my favorite foods, but it's important. It's main, to me. It's main group for you. It's important to me. And Chick-fil-A so bomb ice cream. Like so good. Their cookies and cream shake is one of the best I've had. 
So I've honestly never had a milkshake from there. Dude, you're missing out. You should do it like tomorrow. Don't go on Sunday. They're closed, but it's really good. You will not be sorry. So, and I also like their breakfast menu. I like the original chicken biscuits. I love Chick-fil-A sauce. That shit's awesome. So, I mean, you're looking at a, a menu that has chicken which is like healthy you know i never feel bad for going chick-fil-a that's a total joke i feel like shit every time i go there because it's not healthy at all there's like two pounds of grease and all their sandwiches but it's worth it dude um they have their own signature sauce and they have one of the best ice cream performances i guess of all and one thing that i think they deserve credit for is and especially during a pandemic they get you through the world's longest drive-through line in a record time yes record time and they're so nice they're so yeah. nice they're, oh thank you for my food oh it was my absolute pleasure you go to mcdonald's that. oh thank you for my food go fuck yourself dude it was our ab- so i can get the next person <laughs> it was our absolute pleasure to guide you through our week 11 preview we appreciate you guys listening we really do as you come for the football takes and the life takes we do have an exciting new podcast brewing up. We'll be releasing details of that in the coming weeks. It's our off-season project. Um, we're not going to talk about fantasy football year-round. Uh, we do have an idea, though, for just continued conversation. We enjoy engaging with listeners. We enjoy doing this as a time for us to hang out each week. So we're going to continue with a new project. We'll tell you more about that as that time approaches. But this brings us to the end of episode 25 dude we're quarter way to 100 that's awesome um shout out to us shout out to you guys for sticking with us through um really a brand new thing we honestly have no idea what we're doing um especially when it comes to like public speaking podcasting media production in general um, we're winging it man and i think we're killing it so props I appreciate two things it. two things because i know we're getting shit from the second question next week's episode also shout out richard Shout out Richard, as always. Yeah, sorry for the uh, second question, but we're going to bail. We got COD to play, dude. It's 931. So um, we're out of here. We appreciate you guys. If you wouldn't mind dropping a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would be huge to help us grow. If you be leave a friend, a tell review, a friend. Be a friend, tell a friend. If you leave a written review, you'll get a shout out on next week's show. We'll check those throughout the week um, in a very non-self-indulgent um, way, I guess. Like I don't check them every day to see if someone said something nice about us, but we'll check to see if anyone needs a shout out. I probably check it like every other week. That's that's appropriate. So, anyways, we hope you guys have a great weekend. Let us know if you have any questions at A to Z FFB at Zach FFB is where you find us. We appreciate you, and we will see you guys next time. Later, peace.